Welcome to the Campus Rush Podcast. We believe that God will speak through this word and meet you right at the point of your need. We hope that God will bless you through this message. Ever since I was younger, I always uh, ran away from anything that has to do with ministry. I don't know how many people were born in the church, grew up in the church, lived in the church, slept in the church, did homework in the church, baptized in the church, ate fufu in the church, jollof rice in the back row. How many people like that? <laughs> I grew up in the church, did everything in the church. Just bring it down for me a tad, please. I grew up in the church, did everything in the church, but wanted nothing to do with ministry at all. I wanted nothing to do with serving God's people. I, I actually, anytime somebody called me the P word, you know what that is, pastor, I ran away from that. Anytime somebody, somebody said that you had remote, or you had qualities that were remotely close to being a pastor, I would run away from it because I didn't want to associate myself with anything to do with ministry. I went through elementary school, and every time they talked about God, I was the kid that was ashamed to talk about God. I was the kid that didn't want to talk about Jesus. I was the kid that was like, you know what, I'll fit in with the cool crowd because if I know if I talk about Jesus, I'm going to be an outcast, so I might as well fit in. So I'm not going to talk about Jesus. I was the one that, that was a Christian in my closet, but not a Christian outside. I was that type of person. I went through high school, the same thing happened. Involved in ministry, but I was always closed to, to I was involved rather in, in, in ministry, went to school, but I was always closed to, to showing people the true Jesus on the inside of me. I was closed to, to revealing who I really was on the inside. And, and I didn't know, lo and behold, that although I was running away from ministry, there was a seed on the inside of me that continued to grow. There was a hunger on the inside of me that continued to blossom. And that was the hunger of revival. Somebody shout revival. Shout like a believer said revival. That was the hunger and the desperation of the inside of me for revival. What is revival? Revival is seeing God do something that he's never done before in this day and age right now at this current time. I began to have this hunger, this desperation, this desire on the inside of me. I remember one time I was driving with Pastor Ryan and don't laugh at me. This story is, is uh, you know, it's embarrassing, but you know what? You guys are my church, so I'm just going to tell you anyways. So... Uh, we were driving to the, is it the Hoop Classic? The, is it that what they call it? The Carlton versus Ottawa U? Capital Hoops. Capital Hoops. We were driving the Capital Hoops. I don't know if you remember, Pastor Ryan. We were driving in the car. Do you remember that day? We were driving in the car. We're on the highway. You know, we're bumping some genuine. You know, we're just chilling, you know. Just driving. Drive. We like R&Bs. Boys to men. We're just driving. You know? <laughs> Two guys are boys to men. Just, just driving, driving, driving. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the Spirit of God arrests my heart. You remember that day? The Spirit of God arrests my heart in the, in the car as we're driving to Stittsville, as we're driving to the, uh, to, the, to the Canadian Tire Center. And all of a sudden, I just began to repent before the Lord. I'm repenting, I'm crying, I'm sobbing, my nose is running. All this stuff is happening. I, I don't know what came upon me, but all of a sudden I just realized, I said, God, what am I actually doing? And I didn't know in that moment that there was a conflict on the inside of me. And that was the conf conflict between wanting to do what I wanted to do and submitting to what God needed me to do. I didn't realize that on the inside of me was a seed that had been growing and had been growing and had been blossoming. And I didn't know that it was God on the inside telling me, listen, this is your moment. You've run away for too long, but there was a seed on the inside of you. And that is a seed of revival. And it doesn't matter what you try to do to try to take that seed away. Before you were a blood clot in your mother's womb, I planted the seed of revival on the inside of you. And I've come here to tell somebody that 
It doesn't matter what you try to do. God already has his vision tattooed to your spirit. It's already imprinted into your heart. And so I began to sob. I began to cry. And of course, we turned off the R&B. And we began to cry. And Pastor Raj is there like, oh, what the heck is wrong with this guy? Like, we were trying to, you know, we had dates. We were gonna, it was a full thing. We were going to go meet some girls. And, and we're in the car, and God is arresting and convicting my spirit. And he's saying, listen, you've, you've, tried to, you've tried to downplay this thing too long. And it's not even that I'm calling you to ministry. I'm calling you to be a revivalist. I'm calling you. Forget, forget the antics of ministry. Forget the, the glamour of ministry. I'm calling you to be a mouthpiece, to be able to speak what people don't want to hear calling you as a revivalist to revive the deep places and the dark places of the hearts of men and women and I'm there and Pastor Ryan's looking at me he's like yo this guy's super weird but at the end of the ride he turns to me you remember I don't think he remembers what he said he turns to me and he's like man I, I, I really respect that I really respect that I'm just like respect what you respect he's looking he's like I really I really respect that and in that moment I think we prayed together and then God began to convict my heart towards the things of him it began to convict my heart. And it was in that moment that I realized that when it comes to revival, God always looks for a man or a people that he can be able to infuse his vision upon. And so when you speak about this thing of revival, you have to understand one thing, that revival means that God has prepared a place for seekers. God has prepared a place for seekers. Let's jump to Acts 2, get into our text. And then we'll jump to Jeremiah. I'm in Acts 2, and we're talking about a place for the seekers. Revival means that God has prepared a place for seekers. Acts 2, we're in it right now. And I'll have you read this with me, all right? Let's read together. One, two, three, and go. stop right there it's a portion of scripture we read all the time it's the basis of revival it's exactly what happens when the apostles are in the upper room this place called the upper room we went to Israel and prophet and I went to the upper room and you walk in there and it's not the exact upper room but it's the same place where that event happened and as you go up there you begin to feel the power of God in the same place and in that place people are speaking in tongues and people are praying and, and people are so 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 fascinated and so excited to be in the same place where the Holy Spirit came now there's few things we got to take from the scripture the first thing is that they were all in one place and we know that but what were they doing in that place a lot of people say this and they say that they were in one place yes they were unified that's why the spirit of God came that's one way of looking at it another way to look at it cat is that they were at one place but what were they doing they were seeking God they were in prayer 
They were praying in that place. They were waiting on God. Why? Because Jesus told them, listen, go to Jerusalem for there and wait. Because as you go there, the Holy Spirit will come. So they're there waiting. They're there seeking. They're there praying. And as they're praying, as they're seeking, as they're looking unto God, as they're, as they're there yearning for a move of God, all of a sudden, all they see and all they hear and all they feel is a rumbling and an earthquake. And they hear sound and they hear all this stuff is happening and the wind is going and the building is shaking and all of a sudden they see tongues as of fire begin to descend and fall upon each of them and that gives them the ability to do so. This is the first thing we have to know from this is that they prayed and they sought God. They prayed and they sought God. If we're looking for revival, revival cannot happen until we get to the place where we're seeking God. Do I have any witness? Until we begin to actively seek God, we won't see a move of God. How can you notice something that you haven't sought for? How can, how, how, how can you expect God to move when you haven't asked God to move? You see, revival is when we begin to seek God in a new way. And it says they, they begin to pray and they sought God. So I, I just come to tell somebody in this place, and I don't know who you are. I don't know who this message is for. Maybe it's for me. Maybe, maybe it's for somebody in the back. Maybe it's for somebody watching online. But I've come to tell somebody to keep seeking. Keep seeking. To keep seeking. Because if you seek, you shall see a revival. You will see a revival in your finance. You will see a revival in your home. You will see a revival at, at the workplace. You will see a revival in school. You will see it if you can seek. If you can seek, you will see it. The second thing we have to notice from this scripture is this. You cannot separate seeking and revival. Those are two things you cannot separate. You cannot separate it. Anytime you seek God, no spiritual activity or practice is wasted. Anytime you seek God, you will experience him giving you something. There will be an exchange. God, he loves when people seek him. So the moment you seek God, the more you seek God, he releases his spirit onto us. If you're looking for a definition of seek, really simple here. Uh, seek means simply the attempt or desire to attain or to achieve something. So it's the desire or the attempt to be able to achieve a something. If we jump to, and we're going to jump into Jeremiah 29, I will camp there for a bit. If we jump to Jeremiah 29, let's go to 11 and we'll read uh, from the rest. We'll see a few things of what God is saying to us. Are we here? It says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. Verses 12. In those days when you pray, I will listen. Can you give it to me in the, Ken, the NKJV version? Can we go into New King James for this, for verses 13? It says, and you will seek me and find me. Somebody say, you will seek me. Somebody say, and when you will seek me. And you will find me when you search for me with your whole heart. Or with all your heart. We're going to stay in verses 13. It says, and you will seek me and find me. So God is saying, listen, you will find my agenda. You will find my spirit. You will find what you're looking for. I don't know what you have been looking for. But God says that you will find it when you can seek me. You will find it when you look for me. Now, God began to open my eyes, Pastor Ryan. We don't mind seeking God. But we seek God not with our whole hearts. He says, and you will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with your whole heart. Some other verses will say wholeheartedly. So we don't mind seeking God when it's convenient. We, we, don't, 
we, we don't mind we don't mind seeking God when everybody's seeking God it's easy to seek God at church we're all seeking God I mean if you're not seeking God here you're an outcast think about it if we're all worshiping and you're not worshiping you're like what's wrong with you but when you're out there in the world when, when we're outside of these four walls does that same spirit of seeking rest on the inside of us? Can we seek with our whole hearts? Can we seek until we find? Can we continually seek with our whole hearts until we find what we're looking for? There's two things that seeking does for us. I want to teach you real, two, real quick two things that seeking does for us and then we'll move from here. The first thing that seeking does is seeking God protects you. It protects you. Somebody say, I'm protected. Seeking God protects it, protects you. We're going to look at Psalms 27, 4 to 5, and you'll see it right there. Psalms 27, 4 to 5. Just keep it to me in the NKJV. Psalms 47, verses 4 to 5. You'll see it right there. Psalms 27, 4 to 5. Thank you, Jesus. Let's clap for the audiovisual guys. It's not, it's not easy doing that. Psalms 47. It says, One thing that I have desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in his house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Verses 5. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon the rock. All those things don't happen in verses 5 unless the first line in verses 4 happens, which is you will seek me. When I begin to seek you, what begins to happen is that I find myself underneath you. I find myself hidden in you. God protects you when you seek him. He begins to protect you. Sometimes we forget the, the simple things of God. We want the move, we want the miracles, we want the signs, but we're not seeking. We want God to do so much. We want God to spring forth a revival. But what happened to the seeking? And not seeking half-heartedly, but the seeking wholeheartedly. What happened to the seeking wholeheartedly? The second thing that seeking does for us is seeking God keeps you humble keeps you broken do you know why it keeps you broken Pastor Kisito? because the more that you seek God the more you realize that without him you can't breathe without him you can't move without him you can't live sometimes we take for granted the fact that we have breath in our lungs we take for granted the fact that our minds work properly the fact that our hands move the fact that we can walk we forget we take for granted the simple things of God Seeking God, it keeps you humble. When you seek God and you go to him in prayer, you say, God, I need you. God, that's why the Bible would say, Paul would say, oh my gosh, a messenger of Satan was sent to me to buffet me. But then the Bible would then go on to say, but God, I know that your grace is sufficient for me. Your grace is all that I need. Because Paul understood something. He understood that although I may be, uh, I, I may, I may be diverse in this, I may, have, I may have so much revelation, I may have all of these things, there's still an area in my life that I cannot overcome. There's still a weakness in the closet that God will make sure that you don't overcome. Why? So that you go to him, humble yourself in seeking so that his grace will be sufficient for you. Am I preaching to somebody? 
Am I talking to anybody in this place? Is this word entering into anybody? Then give God a good praise right here. Come on. Give God a good praise. I feel the spirit of God moving in this place right now. He says, so you're looking at your life right now and you're like, yo, this is going right in my life. That is going right in my life. But how come in this area, like it's this area that I just, I just, it doesn't click for me. I try, I try, I try, and then I just keep falling in the same area. Like I'm, school is fine. Business is great. You know, my family life is great. But when it comes to relationships, it's like it, it, it doesn't work well. It, it, nothing happens. It's like I keep falling. When it comes to immorality, I keep falling. When it comes to fornication, I keep falling. Why? Because there's an area in your life that God is saying, I need you to seek me for grace in that area. But seeking God is a humble act. Seeking God is an act of humility. It, it, it's to say that I'm seeking you because I don't know. Many of us think we do know, so we don't seek. So then we're suffering in our sin and we're wallowing in our issues because we can't humble ourselves to go into. That's why the Bible will say, when my people can humble themselves and pray, I then will heal the land. I then, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, says, it says, so my people who are called by my name can humble themselves and pray. Then, then and only then, Will I heal the land? Then will I then take their situation that they're struggling with and they're suffering with and I will give them grace in that area. I will give them grace in the area of their weakness when they can learn to humble themselves in their seek. You know you can seek and be proud seeking? You're seeking out of a maturity in, in, in Christianity. You know? I don't know how it is in, in California, Pastor, but here... We love God. You know, we love God. We love God. We do. Don't we love God here, guys? Don't we worship God here, guys? And I know that the same God that's moving to California is the same God that's moving here. But there's one thing that has plagued, that's plagued this new generation of millennials coming up. And it's the fact that we think we know. We think we know. We think we know. And so because we think we know, Tosh, it's like, we can't humble ourselves to ask of God. Because we think that God, if, 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 if you're calling me to something, you've already given me what it takes to do that. Yes, but there's still an aspect in that that demands you asking God. So he will give you something, but he won't make sure that it all works together. He'll give you a blueprint, but he won't give you the password. And it's like, God, why are you giving me the blueprint without the password? Because he said, for the passcode, I need you to humble yourself. I will show you where I'm taking you. Oh my God. But I need you to seek me for the roadmap. I need you to seek me for the how. I will tell you that I'm going to make you a great man, but I won't give you the steps because if I give you everything, you won't need me. So I'll give you level one, then you have to struggle through it. Then I'll let you come to me and humble yourself in prayer for level two, then I'll release it to you. So some of us are frustrated because we see the end goal, but yet we don't know the steps to get there. Who am I preaching to tonight? Am I preaching to anybody? I, I feel like I'm not preaching to nobody in this place. God, you've given me the end goal. But you haven't given me the blueprint. So that's why the Bible says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. 
and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I'll forgive them of their sin and I will heal their land. I don't know what type of land that you need to be healed tonight, but in the name of Jesus, I'm prophesying your land is being healed tonight. I don't know what type of land you need to be healed. I don't know if it's a land of finances. I don't know if it's a land of relationships. I don't know if it's a, a land of emotional hurt. I don't know whatever land you need to be healed tonight, but by the power of God that is in this place, your land is being healed tonight. In the name of Jesus, if I have a church, somebody shout yes! God moving in this place. I'm trying to, I'm trying to go as quickly as I can tonight. Your land is being healed. Now bring, bring this stuff for me, guys. I want to show you what happens when we seek God. Okay. There's no, like I said, no spiritual activity you do is in vain, is wasted. Even though you may be praying for six hours just because you have a need, those six hours in prayer are added to your, your, your spiritual bank of prayer in heaven. No spiritual activity in heaven is wasted. I want to show you a few things. This is what happens when, can you open this guy for me please? This is what happens when we begin to humble ourselves in prayer. There's three things, I'm gonna leave you with these three things that happen. We're, we're gearing ourselves to a revival because next week when we start, we're going full-fledged. Next week this place is gonna be packed. Everybody's back in the city from vacation. It's, it, it's, it, it, God is already going to do something. But if us as a church, if we don't, if we don't align ourselves to our seek, then the, the reason behind uh, God trying to do a revival is skewed. It's okay, God, you want to do a revival, but why do you want to do a revival? Then you begin to question the revival. If your seek is not right, then the revival is faulty. So this is what begins to happen. The Bible says that when my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. So what begins to happen is that there's three levels before, or there's two levels before we get to revival. The first level is the seek. Someone say seek. The second level is the spirit. Say spirit. spirit. Then the third level is revival. Shout revival. revival. Shout revival. revival. The first thing that we do is that we seek God. We seek him in everything that we do. We seek him in prayer. We seek him with our whole hearts. We seek him and search for him with our whole hearts until we see something. So the apostles were in the upper room and as they began to seek God, they didn't deliberately try to pour themselves out, but what the seek does is it, it automatically empties everything in you already out. Your seek gives no choice for your flesh and your soul to align and empty itself out. So you come before God, just as those that are around the throne pour our prayers out like tears. And they begin to pour out, and they begin to pour out until your vessel is empty. This is what the seek looks like. The seek looks like you emptying yourself for God. This is how it looks like. Anybody with me? This is how seeking God looks like. Seeking God looks like, man. God, I was full of myself. <laughs> I was full of my ambitions. Golly, I feel like preaching. I'm trying to teach tonight. I, 
I was filled. I was full. I was full. I was full of my own ambitions. I was, I was full of my own desires. I, I was full with my own righteousness. I was full of my successes. I was full of everything. I was full of myself. But then I came into contact with you, God. And I began to seek you, God. And I began to look for you with my whole heart. And I realized one thing. I realized that it means nothing if I gain the whole world, but that I lose my soul. And so I've emptied myself in order for you to use me. God is looking for some empty vessels here tonight. How many empty vessels do I have in the place tonight? God is looking for empty vessels. So this is what he does. He, he, he wants you to empty yourself in the seek. I want us to go to a scripture right now. Uh, let's go to Hebrews eleven six. The Bible says this in Hebrews 11, verses 6. Let's go to it really quickly. Let's go to it really quick. Hebrews eleven six. Come on, let's go. It says this. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is God. It's part of the seek. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently, what does that say? I, I can't read that. What does that say? say one more time what does it say he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him so it means that when you've emptied yourself it's for your own good it's not a disadvantage if you don't go to that party it's you're not losing if you're not with those people you're not losing if you're not drinking you're not losing 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 you are gaining an empty vessel I You're not losing anything. You're gaining. In order to gain, you have to lose, as the Bible would say. And so you empty your vessel. Why? Because the Bible says that God, it says this, that he rewards those who diligently seek him. So when he seek God and he sees that you've poured yourself out, then one thing happens just as the apostles, Pastor Ryan, were all in one place and the apostles were praying and seeking God. All of a sudden, something begins to happen. There is a whirlwind and the ground begins to shake and all these things begin to happen. Hold this for me. And all of a sudden, God begins to say that, oh my God, I am attracted to empty vessels. God says, I, I, I have an itch. I have a thing for empty vessels. I, I don't really like the ones that are full because I resist them. I resist the proud. But, but when you empty yourself, it's an act of humility. So I, empty, I, I, I give grace. And so God say, tonight I want to give grace. I want to give grace. So you're saying, man, why, is, why, why do I feel so low? Why do, why do I feel so low? Why, 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 why is my gas tank in grace so low? Why is my walk with God not going anywhere? It's because God can't fill what is already filled. God, God can't fill you if you're filled of yourself. And so God then begins to say that I want to fill you with the fullness. I want to fill you with the fullness until you overflow. I want to fill you with the fullness. I want to fill you with the fullness because I'm a rewarder of those who diligently seek me. So can I fill you with the fullness? Fullness is a state of being filled out so as to reproduce even a round shape. <laughs> so that means that can I, can I fill you so much until it shows? <laughs> 
can I feel you so much until all the people around you can see that, man, this guy's really, really full. You ever met those uncles at Christmas? They have to open up their best, their belts, and they have to open up by because they're so filled with that foo-foo. They're like, they got that gut. They ate so much Thanksgiving turkey. Their bellies are overflowing. You know, he's really, really, really full. God says, can I do that to you in the spirit? Can I fill you with so many blessings? Can I fill you with so much prosperity? Can I fill you with grace? Can I fill you with joy? Can I fill you with myself? And so the whole world realizes that it wasn't you that got the success, but it was my grace on the inside. It was my anointing on the inside that produced. It was my oil. It was my grace. Because the moment you seek, my spirit comes. That's why the Bible says, let's be on our feet. That's why the Bible says that as they were in one place, in one accord, seeking God, the spirit of God came and filled them. And gave them the ability to speak. It gave them the ability to speak in tongues, diverse tongues. Give them the ability to be filled. And the Bible then says that as they were all gathered in Pentecost, they were all in one place. You see, the one thing about Pentecost is so amazing is that all the believers had to gather in Jerusalem. Sometimes God has to create a platform. My God. God has to create a platform. He has to create a platform. And, and, and we thank God that God has given us this platform at this university, at these college campuses. God has given us a platform to do what? To display His Spirit on the inside of us. Speaking in tongues is not something to do in the quiet time, not something to do just at the living room, but it's something to do even when you're walking on the street. It's something to do even when you're, even when you're on the bus. It's something to do. Why? Because when you're filled with the Spirit of God, you have to demonstrate that you're full with God. The demonstration of being filled with God is the speaking of tongues and the manifestation of the Spirit of God on the inside coming on the outside. Are you with me? Then it begins to say that all these people that were from all these different places now begin to hear their own tongues being spoken and automatically all of a sudden Peter goes out and he begins to speak and says what you're seeing is not those who are drunk. They are rather drunk in the spirit. They are drunk and filled with the spirit of God and because they're drunk and filled with the spirit of God it was the Jesus that you rejected. He has now become the chief cornerstone and he begins to preach to them and all of a sudden thousands and thousands and thousands of people are saved at one time. That is what I call a revival. When one sermon can save thousands of people, that's a revival. So the first thing that we do is we seek. Second thing we do is what? We are filled with the Spirit. And the last thing is that there was a revival. Because if I continue to pour this thing out and it begins to overflow, it's, it's, it's not common for, some, for a cup to be overflowing. That's uncommon. Revival is when there's an uncommon thing happening. So if we were to walk here and all of a sudden, all I was doing was just pouring this into, into a cup that was overflowing. You're like, what are you guys doing? That's revival. Revival can't be understood. Revival is God. Revival cannot be understood. So let the cup overflow let the tongues overflow let them call you too spiritual let them call you too much let them call you too zealous let them call you you're going back to work you're going back to school let them call you too overly Christian it don't matter even though you're filled with the spirit even though you're filled with the Holy Ghost it doesn't mean you don't know how to dress well it doesn't mean you don't know how to do business it doesn't mean you don't know how to talk let them think that you're too over spiritual you know what you carry on the inside of you and what you carry
memory on the inside of you is the spirit of God is the fullness of Jesus is the fullness of Christ what level you are. I don't know if you're at the level where you got to seek God more. I don't know if you're at the level where you want to be filled with God more. I don't know if you're at the level right now where you just want to experience the revival. But whatever level you're at right now, I want you to open up your mouth and begin to pray to God right now. Whatever level it is, if you're at the seeking level, if you're at the spirit infilling level, or if you're at the revival level, begin to pray out right now in unknown tongues and say, God, whatever it is you desire, fill me with it. God, I want to seek you different. God, I want to experience you different. Thank you for tuning in to the Campus Rush Podcast. If you enjoyed this message and want to partner with us, visit us at www.campusrush.org to become a global partner or to partner with us in giving.